Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin, here to bring you my first Falcons 53-man roster projection of the offseason. That's right, folks. It is roster projection time. This is actually one of my favorite uh, series. This will be the first time I'm doing it as a podcast and video show as well. But if you follow me on the Falcoholic, you'll know that I do probably like five or six of these. Uh, and they'll really, you know, right now we'll have this one. We'll probably have one in June after OTAs and, and final sort of roster tweaks are made. And then we'll have uh, one before camp. And then, of course, one after every preseason game uh, coming up to final cuts as we get more of a clear picture about what's going on with this team. But super excited to be able to share some of these takes with you as we finally have a a pretty good idea of who the uh, 90 players on the Falcons training camp roster are going to be. You know, to some extent, we'll we'll probably see some tweaks. Obviously, we're on hashtag Corey Davis watch, right, Uh, with with the Packers, excuse me, not the Packers, the Jets signing Randall Cobb, you know, Corey Davis making 11 million there are they going to keep him as like the fourth receiver i i find it hard to believe but we'll see uh and you know we we did get the addition of penny hart uh late in the week so we we do have another receiver to consider uh but this is just a, a mostly for fun exercise at this point obviously we haven't seen these guys on the practice field we don't know how it's going to shake out things are going to shift around but this is sort of a an initial guess at what the Falcons roster could look like going into the season based on all of the additions so far. So excited to dive into that with all of you guys. Before we do, want to thank uh, today's sponsor, BetOnline.ag, your number one source for all your sports betting needs, including info, stats, news, and scores. You can get the latest odds and lines for this year's ongoing NBA playoffs or as always, maybe you're interested in betting in the Falcons, betting against uh, other NFC teams. Maybe you're feeling super confident or or not confident, but you know you're, you like the, the look of those odds. You can do that right now. You can bet on NFL futures, including division, uh, NFC championship, AFC championship, Super Bowl, all that stuff. No matter what you decide to do, though, Bet Online is always your sports information headquarters this season, as they've got you covered for all your sports wagering needs, whether that's basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, or UFC and boxing. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V. To receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into this roster projection. So we're going to start on the offensive side of the football. Uh, there's going to be 25 overall offensive players. Uh, some teams will tweak this, right? Sometimes you'll see 26 and 24 uh, or even wilder stuff. But um, for this one, we're going to go even. So we're going to go 25 offense, 25 defense, and then, of course, three special team spot. We'll not be doing a practice squad for this one. We just don't have enough information to really – it would just be complete dart throw at this point. So we'll probably hold off on that until we at least get some OTAs to, to gauge. Um but we'll start with quarterback, start at the top, right? Uh, Desmond Ritter, penciled in as the starter with Taylor Heineke as the backup. And I, I feel like they're going to go with two quarterbacks here. Um, this is something that the Falcons have typically done. I, I don't know if they're going to feel the need to to protect Logan Woodside, who is the quarterback three right now on the roster. I think they feel pretty comfortable having him on the practice squad. Um, 
But, you know, this is a an interesting group here. Uh, you know, they've shuffled things a lot since last year. Ritter is the the starter, almost unquestioned starter, right? I mean, Taylor Heineke is there, but he's he's apparently preparing to be the backup. So it sounds like the plan is for Ritter to get all the starting reps uh, with Taylor Heineke as the clear backup. I... You know, I'm a fan of this move. Let's see what we have in Ritter. And then I think if if anything were to go wrong, you do have Taylor Heineke, who is a guy that I think can can get you to 500, right? I think he he's someone that's going to at least keep the bottom from falling out of your team. I think he's he's a, a good player that fits the scheme well. Very good backup um, that's more than capable of, of shepherding the offense uh, for a few weeks if needed. Um, and I think he's also just an excellent teammate. Everyone that we've talked to has, has raved about him. Um, and I think he's a great mentor for, for Desmond Ritter. So I, I really like what the Falcons have done at quarterback with those two. And I think Logan Woodside probably is the practice squad quarterback going down to running back. Uh, I have them keeping four running backs uh, with the footnote that Caleb Huntley is probably going to begin training camp on the PUP or physically unable to perform list, which is basically like preseason IR. And if Huntley remains on the PUP going into the season, he will, I believe, stay. Have, there's some sort of special designation for that. Um I don't recall right offhand. I can, I'll have more information on, on that process, obviously, as we get closer to training camp and into the season. But um, I think Caleb Huntley is probably going to start the season on IR and probably not participate in training camp at all, coming off that Achilles injury. So he's I'm, I'm penciling him in as basically an IR stash for this season. And if he can play it all later in the season, that'd be great. But I uh, don't think he's going to be a, a major contributor this year, recovering from that injury, which is really hard to recover from, guys. Um we got a new guy at the top, right? Bijan Robinson coming in at eighth overall. Really exciting. Um, Atlanta already had one of the best running games in the NFL, and Bijan is going to take this thing to a whole other level. Obviously, brings a lot more to the offense than just the running ability, too. And I'm excited to see how the Falcons utilize him. Tyler Algiers right behind him. I think the two of them are going to be a, a, a committee, a tandem. I think both are going to get 10-plus carries a game, ideally, uh, and, and both will be utilized heavily. Those will be your two main running backs, Tyler Algier, more the hammer, probably the guy that's going to take the carries late in games. The Falcons happen to have a lead, which would be nice, right? Um, he's going to be the guy to, to, to really hammer teams late. Um, Bijan's probably going to be more of the, the early game guy, uh, the high leverage guy, third downs, that sort of thing. Behind those two, Cordero Patterson's still here. I, I feel pretty strong that they're going to keep him. If they make him a post-June first cut, they can save a little over $4 million, but... I don't think they need the money, honestly, um, and I think Patterson brings a lot in terms of his veteran presence. He's still one of the best kick returners in the NFL. I think you have him as your third running back. You have him as your maybe your, even your your red zone, your goal line guy. We we've seen how good he is at getting into the into the end zone, right? Um, and I think as as your your rotational running back, as a guy that could come in and take a few carries here and there, or step into a bigger role in case of an injury. We know what he's capable of. We know he's capable of being a starting caliber running back very effective one um but we don't really want him taking that on a weekly basis so having him as the rb3 where he can get a few touches here and there catch some passes do some interesting things formation wise and return kicks i think that's a great setup for quarter patterson i think he'll he'll thrive in that role and yeah it's a little much to be paying 5.5 million for that but again he's one of the best kick returners in the nfl provides a lot of veteran leadership and that is valuable too um and then rb4 we're gonna have avery williams in here who will be the primary return specialist. Uh, he's going to be, obviously, the punt returner. He was one of the NFL's best punt returners, led the league in punt return average last year. And he will be back there on kicks, too. 
you need two guys basically for that. Um, and Patterson will be the other one. So he will basically be here for his return and special teams ability. And I, I think he needs to continue to develop as a running back, right? I, I think he, that he, he needs to, to keep going on, on that role. Um, but again, this will be a, his second year in that role. Um, wasn't really, it wasn't really a poor running back when he played. He didn't get a lot of carries, but his average was, was pretty healthy. He caught some passes. So I think he'll just continue to grow into that role. And I think become someone that, that can be relied upon to play a little running back if needed, but mostly he's here for his special teams acumen, um, fullback. I do think they're still going to keep a fullback. We, they seem to like that. They used a fullback at one of the highest rates in the NFL last year. Um, Keith Smith is who I'm penciling in for now. The Falcons did also bring back uh, converted tight end John Rain and then signed uh, 2022 UDFA Clint Rakovich to compete. And it just depends on sort of what they want. Keith Smith obviously is probably the best blocker of the group. He's also um, a great special teams player in terms of his special teams tackling ability. Um, but John Rain probably gives you a little bit more you know, move tight end flexibility in, in that role. Uh, and then Clint Rakovich is sort of uh, more of that offensive weapon type player. He's that guy that I, that I think has a pretty good opportunity to, to be more than just a, a a fullback, just a blocker. But I don't think Rakovich or Rain are as good as of blockers or special teams guys as Smith. So it, it sort of just depends on what the Falcons want to do there. But I, I do I do like Keith Smith in that role. At tight end, we've got Kyle Pitts obviously at the top. Hopefully, it will be uh, healthy and ready to go for training camp. That's the expectation. He'll probably play a fair amount of, you know, outside wide receiver as well, but uh, he's going to headline the group once again. I'm really excited to see what he and Ritter can accomplish because you have to think that one of the key things when deciding who's going to play quarterback for this team is, can they get the ball to Kyle Pitts? Because Marcus Mariota could not. Uh, and I, I think that we're going to see that there's a lot better chemistry here between Pitts and Desmond Ritter than there was between Pitts and Marcus Mariota, which will be a welcome change. We also have one of the most underrated uh, additions of the offseason and Jonu Smith, who was basically like Arthur Smith's red zone uh, secret weapon in Tennessee in 2020, caught eight touchdowns, had less than 500 yards, but did catch 40 passes. Um, and look, I think if he could play that role here, just be that sort of red zone specialist, uh, he's a guy that you can move around and use in a lot of interesting, unique ways. Just one more chess piece to throw into the mix here, one more quality player. Um I, I love Johnny Smith. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people here this year. Uh, we got Parker Hesse as the primary blocking specialist. Hesse played a ton of snaps last year, really earned his stripes as a blocker. Um, and then for the fourth tight end, it's a it's pretty wide open between the guys that the Falcons have brought in, right? They they do have uh, Felipe Franks. They do have John Fitzpatrick, last year's sixth rounder from Georgia. Uh, and then Tucker Fisk, who they brought back, who was a UDFA from, from last year, another converted uh, defensive lineman, just like Parker Hesse. Um, I, I do think this is a spot to watch Michael Pruitt. I would love to get Michael Pruitt back in here. I think he would obviously be the clear guy. Um, I, I think he would make a ton of sense from a depth perspective as well. Um, so I do hope they bring back Pruitt, but so far they have not. So at this point, I think you give the nod to John Fitzpatrick. I think they're probably looking for another blocking specialist, given that Pitts and Johnny Smith are more of the, like the receiving focused guys. So I think Fitzpatrick, probably the best blocker of that group. And, and that, of course, does mean that, that Felipe Franks is probably going down to the practice squad. But I, I think that's the best spot for him, to be honest. Um, I think we've sort of the ship has sort of sailed on that. I, I don't think he's really been a very effective tight end at all. So um, don't think they have to give up on him entirely. But I think moving him down to the practice squad as as a depth guy uh, makes a lot of sense. So I, I sort of that's where I see it, that group going at this point. 
at wide receiver. I have them keeping five, which is lower than a lot of NFL teams. Most keep six these days. Some even keep seven. Um, obviously Drake London at the top, right? Uh, Mac Hollins wide receiver two at this point, which really for the Falcons probably going to be like the fourth receiving target, maybe fifth receiving target, depending on who's out there. You know how, how well Bijan takes to that role early on. Um, Scotty Miller wide receiver three, again, a guy who I think, I think both Mac Hollins and Scotty Miller are better players than people think Hollins, one of the best run blockers in the NFL at wide receiver. The Falcons really care about that. They're going to ask everyone to block, and, and he's one of the best. He's almost like a tight end out there considering his size. Scotty Miller, uh, that speedster, but I think he, he he's sort of the Demir Bird replacement. Uh, similar measurables, similar you know high-end long speed, but I think Miller gives you more flexibility. He could play the slot too. He could play outside, and Miller plays special teams. Demir Bird did not, so I think that is what boosted him and made it, had the Falcons go after him. He's also a lot younger, right? He's in his 20s. Bird, Bird's not an old receiver, obviously, but he's getting into his 30s there. So Falcons wanted to go a little bit younger and go for a guy that plays more special teams. Scotty Miller's in here. Um, I think he's someone that's going to be better than expected. Not going to light the, the league on fire or anything, but as like your sixth or seventh target in the passing game. Not not a bad addition there. Uh, Kaderil Hodge comes back in to be wide receiver four. Again, I think Hodge is just a solid wide receiver and one of the best special teams gunners in the NFL. Um, so And they, they really care about that special teams play. So love Hodge coming back. I think he's just a very solid depth receiver as well. And then for wide receiver five, it's basically wide open. They, they have a ton of guys competing for that spot. I mean, I'm not even going to list them all off because it would take too long. Um, the guys I think are, are real real factors there um I think Jared Bernhardt is the one I have making the roster I think they really love Bernhardt he was someone that made the roster last year didn't get a ton of playing time and then unfortunately got hurt when he was finally slated to get some with with uh with Desmond Ritter but showed instant chemistry with Ritter is a guy that can be that slot specialist that they don't really have on the roster right now um I think he's he's capable of playing special teams and he's really just scratching the surface of his ability as an NFL wide receiver. So I'm, I'm giving him the early leg up, but um, they did just sign Penny Hart, who is a veteran. He's played, I think he's been in 39 NFL games or something like that. Has a lot of experience now. Um, certainly someone who, who could be another factor to consider. And then I think there's, uh, you know, Frank Darby, obviously still in the picture here fighting for that spot. And then a couple of UDFAs that I really like. Uh, Justin Marshall is the one that I think a lot of fans have circled. But I do believe that uh, Xavier Malone from Henderson State should be uh, considered as well if they're looking for more of that speed presence. You know, he's on the smaller side, but um, he he's really intriguing as well. So they, they do have quite a few guys here to compete for that fifth spot or sixth spot if they do like to go for that sixth receiver. So um, I think Bernhard has the early edge, but a lot of all those other guys competing for probably what's going to be two, at least two spots on the practice squad as well. So that's definitely... Uh, uh, one of the more interesting battles to watch there on the offensive line. Only one change uh, to the starting lineup is projected right now. Uh, Jake Matthews still the left tackle at left guard. I've got Matthew Bergeron winning that battle. I think he's going to be the heavy favorite there and, and probably should be. Um, Drew Dahlman at center. Chris Lindstrom at right guard extended for the foreseeable future and right tackle Caleb McGarry extended for the foreseeable future. So four out of five starters return. Uh, Bergeron slides in at left guard to hopefully provide a lot higher end play there than we've been accustomed to. Um, thankfully that position hasn't been a disaster, but I think Bergeron gives you a lot more potential and, and some, some high level play sliding in there in terms of the depth. Um, I've got four 
depth guys, so keeping nine offensive linemen. Some teams go with eight, some teams go with nine, some teams go with as many as ten, depending uh, on injuries and whatnot. We'll have them started with nine. Um, I think Jermaine Effetti is clearly the swing tackle. He didn't really have to play much at all last year, um, which is never a bad thing, right, through the swing tackle. But uh, I think he's a solid NFL starter, um, and I, I think them the Falcons continuing to get him for basically close to veteran minimum is, is pretty impressive. He He's not the best run blocker, which is kind of makes him an interesting fit for this team, but he is a solid pass protector. He will keep things humming on offense, more of a right tackle specialist, but I think um, he's capable of, of sliding over to left and being that swing tackle. I think that's your swing tackle. Um, in terms of the top interior backup, I think it's probably going to be Matt Hennessy once again. And look, I, I think when he's had to step in, it's been fine. Um, we know he could play center. We know he can play left guard. I'm sure they've cross-trained him at right guard as well. So he's going to be in there for that. Then I also have them keeping uh, veteran Josh Miles, who is mostly a tackle, but I think probably has some guard flexibility as well. Um, I think Miles is the best of the bunch in terms of the guys they brought in whenever he's been asked to play. Um, Pretty solid, pretty solid performance. So I like Josh Miles. I think he's one to really keep your eye on as, as someone who has a good shot at the roster here. And then for the last guy, there's so many guys competing. Um, it's kind of crazy that, uh, you know, we're talking about like Jonathan Harrison, Ryan Newsel, uh, Kyle Hinton, Justin Schaefer, Jalen Mayfield, and seventh rounder Javon Gwynn coming in here. You know, most of those guys, all, all but one of those guys are probably getting cut. Um, so I, I do have Ryan Newsel making it. He did make it last year. He stuck on the roster for most of the season. He has shown the ability to play center too. I really do like Newsel. I think he's a good player. Um, so he's the one I have with the early advantage. We'll see if anyone else can sort of make their mark and, and surpass him. Um, but I, I do think that's one of the, the most crowded rooms right now is the interior offensive line. And they just have a ton of guys. And we'll probably see that that room um, clip down a little bit as we get closer to camp. Uh, but again, that that's an interesting one um, to, to monitor going forward. Defensive side, like I said, 25 guys. Starting with the edge room, I'm actually going to have the Falcons keeping six edge rushers, uh, which is a lot, but they've brought in so many guys and they have a lot of guys they want to keep. I think that they're basically going to make this room a little bit bigger and they have the flexibility to do that because of Lorenzo Carter, who does offer some ability to play off ball. If if in an emergency situation, they could have Carter playing off ball. Um, he's done that in the past. He's certainly capable of doing that. He's one of the more versatile players on this roster. Um, so I think that does give them the flexibility to keep fewer line, like off ball linebackers specifically. Um, but at, with the edge room, Clay's Campbell, Arnold Ebicady, uh, probably your, your two starters most of the time, depending on the package. Campbell's going to be obviously your, your big end, your, your, uh, your primary run stuffer out there, but he's said that he's going to be playing primarily edge here in Atlanta. And I, so that means in pass rushing situations, he may be out there as well, depending on the matchups. Ebicady, I think is going to be your other starter. Um, was a guy that I think flashed last year, didn't get as much opportunity as I sort of wanted him to get. It took a while, um, but I do really like him. I think he showed out really well. And I think if the rest of the defensive line can get just like better and not be the whole thing being bad, I think Ebikati is going to really shine and get, and have a lot more opportunities to finish plays. And Ebikati also, you know, not the biggest guy, um, but he does have good length and, and he's, got some weight to him, even though he's only 6'2". Um, really graded out well as a run defender. So I, I think he's he's going to be the, the favorite to start. That means Lorenzo Carter is probably your first guy off the bench. He's going to rotate in as well. 
uh, and fill fill a lot of shoes, potentially play some off ball, potentially play some Sam as well. Bud Dupree, the veteran, uh, was a late signing. His contract is mostly guaranteed, right? I think he's getting like two and a half million guaranteed. So definitely someone they're expecting to make the roster. Um, but he doesn't really even have to play a major role. You know, if he's still recovering from injury or what have you, Dupree can be sort of one of your rotational pass rushers. Um, so I, I, I like that. Like this is a guy that probably would have been the best or second best pass rusher on Atlanta's defense last year, right? Who is like at this point, maybe your, your fourth pass rusher. So love that addition. That makes D'Angelo Malone sort of the edge five. And I wouldn't be surprised if he earns a, a higher role on this list and, and gets pushed up the depth chart. But it's a lot of guys here. I think Malone really showed, showed out well when he got opportunities last year. Again, even worse than Arnold Ebikati, he, he got, he had to play behind Ade Ogundeji, who was just not performing well at all. Um, I think Malone really should have been starting over Ogundeji as well as Ibikati, um, you know, getting out there earlier. Um, so, you know, we'll see how much of a role he's able to carve out. I think they're really asking him to continue to bulk up from his lower playing weight, but I, I do like Malone a lot. I think he's someone that is is sort of underrated in this room. Um, and then Zach Harrison, the, the rookie, obviously they're going to keep him on the roster, so they need this extra spot. I don't know how many, if he'll be active to start the season or not. Sort of probably depends on on how well he plays in, tr- in training camp and how much he shows. I think he might just be a game day inactive to, to get started. And he'll obviously be the, the Calais Campbell backup in case any, you know, in case Campbell misses any time. Um, but I think this is a really deep edge room. It doesn't necessarily have the star power. Obviously, Calais Campbell in his heyday would be the, the star. He's still really good. Um, Epicady, I think, is going to take that next step. And then you've got a lot of, of high-quality depth here that they just they haven't had in, a, in so long. So that's really refreshing looking at that edge depth chart and seeing, like, these are these are all NFL starters. Like, wh- what's going on here? I'm used to the fact it's having one NFL starter and a bunch of guys, right? So that's, that's always exciting to see. Um, on the interior defensive line, again, a room that's gotten a pretty big uh, makeover. Grady Jarrett, obviously, is still going to be your star, still going to be your workhorse guy. Um, love Grady Jarrett. Uh, you know, he's one of my favorite players on this roster. He finally gets the help he deserves uh, with David Onyemata coming in here, another really underrated signing. Um, Onyemata, one of the most consistently productive, good, versatile interior defensive linemen um, in the NFL that's going to be able to, to give Grady a true partner on the interior uh that's that's also really good and then and then behind them they got Taquan Graham who really grew into his role um and had to start for the Falcons quite a bit last year Graham now I think has his perfect role which is to be the first man off the bench a rotational guy who could come in and provide that juice right who can be a plus player off the bench instead of having to be the full-time starter and having really nothing behind him um then we got Eddie Goldman, who's probably going to be that that base package nose tackle. Um, Goldman came out of retirement to return to the Falcons, so don't really know what to expect there. But I think if if he's healthy and in shape and um, ready to go, I mean Eddie Goldman was a, was a good nose tackle, um, like one of the better nose tackles in the NFL in terms of his pass rushing ability before COVID and before um, you know taking the last year off with retirement. Um, so if he's recommitted to football and he's healthy that could be a really sneaky boost to this defensive line um and because he's a good nose tackle but for, for whatever reason he's he struggles they do still have timmy horn who did start to come on a little bit late last year and they can always dive into free agency to find a nose tackle or, or see if any interesting ones get cut uh, at the end of camp and then i do have them keeping a fifth guy here joe gaziano um 
formerly of the Chargers. And it's just like Chargers fans, honestly, they raved about him. They said he was really good, super underrated, never really got much of a chance in Los Angeles. Um, but that he's good, like the, when he plays. So I, you know, he's that sort of interior guy. He can also play that uh, big end role. Um, I, I like Gaziano. I think he's good depth. He, again, may not be active right off the bat, but I think in terms of veteran depth, like that signing, I think he will make the roster. Um, then we go to linebacker where we're keeping just four um, because of, of the high number of edge guys we're keeping. Like I said, Lorenzo Carter can be an emergency sort of backup there. But um, yeah, linebacker uh, got a big boost with Caden Ellis coming over from the Saints. Uh, Ellis, one-year wonder, right? Finally got a chance to play and start and just became one of the NFL's better linebackers last year. Um, he was seventh in terms of PFF grade among all linebackers. Uh, obviously had the seven sacks, just a really lethal pass rusher when he blitzes or, or even plays off the edge a little bit. I think in Atlanta, he's going to be an off-ball linebacker. They're probably going to tamp down the pass rushing a little bit. He's probably going to be their main blitzer still um, in terms of the linebacking group, but quality coverage player and really strong run defender, like really elite run defense grade. He's a big guy too, gives them some size in the middle. Um, for when they go to those lighter boxes that, that Jerry Gray and Ryan Nielsen are going to want to deploy. And then, of course, uh, 2022 second rounder Troy Anderson is the other linebacker starter. We're expecting him to take a, a pretty significant step. Again, this is a guy who had to come from Montana State. Shout out to Bozeman. Um, did start to, you know, he made some plays. Obviously, I think coverage, un- he was pretty uncomfortable in zone coverage. This will be a more man-heavy scheme, I believe, under Nielsen and Gray. So that, I think, is going to put him in a better situation in coverage. And then he just needs to continue to refine his tackling, continue to work on his his instincts and awareness and, and play recognition. But really smart guy, really hard worker. He's had only played linebacker for a few years prior to the last season. I think he's a guy that that could be primed for a big step forward. And and really like um, he he could be like the 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 ace in the hole for this defense. Like if Anderson takes the step that we're hoping for and becomes a really good linebacker. Um, he could sort of transform the way this defense looks because of his athletic ability, which is, again, perfect 10 RAS, the most athletic linebacker in the NFL. Um, if he turns it on, he, he could be really special. So definitely watch that. Does seem like Michael Walker's penciled in to be the third linebacker. We'll see his contract's fairly expensive, right? The, the Falcons could save $2.7 million for moving on. We'll see if Rashawn Evans comes back, and in that case, maybe they do elect to save that money there. But at this point, I think you know his coverage ability makes him you know, a guy, a guy to keep around. He did seem to lose faith with the previous coaching staff. Obviously the the linebackers coach is still here. So don't really know what to expect there. But, um, right now I would pencil him as the third linebacker. And then for linebacker four, there's a lot of interesting guys here. Um, you know, I, I, I have, uh, Nate Landman penciled in who ended up being the, the UDFA who made the roster last year. I think he was, you know, solid when asked to step in, not flashy, but, um, you know, he may be getting healthier coming off a significant injury in college um, that slowed him down. He went from being like a top linebacker prospect for a while. Um, so if he could continue to, to heal up from that and get back to his his old self, he's someone that could be a really sneaky, good linebacker going forward. Um, the Falcons also have Dorian Etheridge, another UDFA who was on the roster for a period of time last year uh, and the year before. Uh, Tay Davis, the veteran they signed, special teams guy. We know how much they value the special team, so maybe he gets the nod. We'll see. And then, of course, uh, UDFA from this year, Mike Jones Jr. Um, we'll see if he can make any any noise in camp. But Rashawn Evans, we'll see also um, if, if he ends up coming back. There were, you know, Fontenot did mention at one point they were looking to re-sign him. 
Um, so we'll see if that comes to fruition or not. But uh, at this point, linebacker, you know, behind Caden Ellis, question marks. But I do think, you know, Trey Anderson, we're really hoping that that could pay off in a big way this year if he if he's ready. Um, that's definitely one of the big wild cards to watch on this roster. And then we've got cornerback uh, with A.J. Terrell at the top, obviously. We're keeping six of them. Jeff Okuda comes in via trade to be the other outside starter. Um, again, a little bit risky. He, he did play, you know, have a solid year in Detroit. Hasn't really lived up to that top billing, but um, low risk, you know, move here. But they are expecting him to start, I believe. We got Mike Hughes, UCF legend Mike Hughes, coming in to uh, sort of fill that third quarterback third cornerback role. Um, it sounds like they want him to play in the slot. He does have the ability to play outside as well and maybe has even looked better outside. So we'll see how that shakes out. Rookie Clark Phillips, the third, uh, I, I think he'll find his way onto the field sooner rather than later. But I think at worst, at worst, he's the quarterback four. Um, he's, a, he's a guy that's really exciting. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what he can do. And then in terms of the depth, uh, Darren Hall, I think is probably going to be one of your depth corners. I, whenever he had to play last year, he was solid, uh, finished with a 65.5 PFF grade, really good run support grade as well, which clearly this regime cares about a lot. Um, and then D Alford, I think is the last guy, or maybe he's even ahead of Darren Hall when it's all said and done. But, um, again, similar marks, right? Uh, 64.8 overall PFF grade, which is solid. And then, um, and run support 78.2. So those two guys, I think are, are going to be your depth guys. I think Alford offers that inside outside versatility. Hall is probably more of that outside guy, but, um, I think that's a really deep cornerback room and we'll have to see how it shakes out behind Terrell in terms of the other two starters. But I think there's a lot of potential there. And then at safety, Jesse Bates, the third, um, coming in as one of the team's biggest additions, just a huge boost to the entire secondary. Um, hard to overstate really like how, how big he'll be for that secondary. Um, just elite play on the back end. That's what we could expect now. And he's going to just erase a lot of mistakes. He's going to be able to create some takeaways and he's a really solid run defender, really reliable tackler that will hopefully limit those explosive plays, uh, and keep this, this defense on schedule and, 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 just be a huge boost. Uh, he's going to be one of the most impactful additions this this year, without question. Um, Richie Grant going to be that second safety. They're probably going to this is this is a different scheme than what we're used to with DMPs, where the safeties were expected to be, you know, completely versatile and move around. I think Bates is going to be more of your deep guy. Richie Grant going to be closer to the line of scrimmage, which I think is probably better for him. He's physical. He's aggressive. Let him let him move up a little bit uh, as he continues to sort of develop his instincts on the back end. Um, and I, I think he'll, he'll flourish in that role. Um, in terms of the depth, right. Jalen Hawkins, I think is a great third safety. Um, he can, he can play deep. He can play close to the line of scrimmage. He can do whatever you need. He could be that third safety, uh, the big nickel guy as well. Um, so I, I think that's a good guy to keep around. I, I don't think he's going to be cut. I know some people are like, well, you could save 2.7 million. No, I, I don't think you're trying to save that money. I think Hawkins is somebody you, you need to keep around as that depth safety, and then seventh-round rookie, uh, DeMarco Hellams. I think he will make the roster. I think he'll be the fourth safety. And the reason for that, really super physical, big-time enforcer. They don't really have that right now. Uh, he's versatile. He can play any safety spot. I don't think deep is an ideal spot for him, certainly, but close to the line of scrimmage, big nickel, slot, whatever. Um, he can do that. And then he's. I think he's going to be a really good special teamer. Um, so Hellams, I think, is a guy could be like a quasi, you know, sort of a Kamal Ishmael type, who I think will make the roster immediately and, and contribute uh, as that physical, uh, hard-hitting safety back there. And then finally, special teams, three guys, all the same as last year, no change here. Uh, Young Wei Koo at kicker. 
he's here long term. Is changing his number, so we'll see what 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 happens there. Then we got Bradley Pinion at punter who signed an extension as well. So both Koo and Pinion will be here through at least 2025. Um, and then long snapper Liam McCullough finally got that opportunity uh, to to play on an NFL team um, and and ran with it. Right, did a great job. No disappointment there. No issues. So Liam McCullough uh, on his ERFA contract back for this year. And you know, assuming things go well, probably will sign an extension after this year. So, um. This is the roster, guys. Uh, uh, they're not listed in terms of like number, but you know Avery Williams can be your punt returner, Cordell Patterson your kick returner as well. So that's the fifty-three man roster. Um, I like it. I think it's got a lot of potential. Excited to see how how this group looks. Uh, and look, we'll get into camp and see how this shakes out for real. There may be some more free agent additions um, coming. They're, they're like Corey Davis, like Rashawn Evans, like Michael Pruitt. Um, you know, people have mentioned Ben Jones. Do they do they really trust? Drew Dahlman or not. It seems like they do at this point, but we'll see if, if that changes. But um, exciting group. I'm excited to see how this shakes out. Uh, leave your leave your own thoughts on the roster in the comments. If you got any guys that you're pulling for, any any sort of sleeper uh, players, UDFAs, bottom of roster guys that, that you're a big fan of. And we will uh, we'll go from there, guys. But uh, appreciate everyone for tuning in to the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast today. Today's show is presented by Bet Online. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Leave us that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. You can follow the show at Falcoholic Live. I'm at Falcoholic Kevin. Uh, and if you're looking to support the show, Patreon's a great option. Patreon.com slash Falcoholic Live. Uh, we got some exclusive perks on there, like mostly ad-free episodes, early access to podcasts, uh, as well as some exclusive shows like patron Q&As. We did the live patron mock draft. We'll have some patron events this, uh, this summer. Uh, maybe some games and things like that we'll play. Uh, and check out the Discord as well, by the way, um, if you haven't done that. So, again, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. Have a great day, folks.